On today's show, Howard gets a visit from actor and Academy Award nominee Jake Gyllenhaal. Will you ever get married? Oh, I hope so. You want that? Yeah. You want well, a committed what's relationship? You back? Yeah, Robin wants to know what's holding you back. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Robin. Yeah. Let's hope Robin can keep her composure. Ooh. And you're marrying Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. She wants to ma- your marriage material. <laughs> All right. Only on the Howard Stern Show. Wow. Okay. <laughs> what do you say to that? From your lips. Hey now. Hey Rango, what? Am I, have I not been on the air? Or am I on the air? Oh, hey was I on earlier when I was talking? What? Oh, oh, okay. So I've been talking, but just to myself. Oh, I started the show like a minute ago, everybody. (laughs) Evidently, I wasn't on the air. All right. That's okay. Believe me, it wasn't anything that good. Whatever I was doing wasn't that good. Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, now. What happened? You got a noise on your uh, deal there? Hello. Oh, there you go. What happened? You oh, had a noise? You got me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, apparently there was some, like, electrical noise on the other setup, and I had to try to figure out how to, what to plug into what. Look at you. Testing. You got to go like this. Testing. Testing. One, two. <laughs> there is a type of electrical noise on my end. What I am attempting testing. to do testing. is to One, get two. rid of it. Well, I got rid of it. I am, I'm very impressed with myself because mm. I was like, I don't know where to plug these things in. I had to change connections. Testing, testing, one, two. I'm about to change the connections to the uh, a broadcast. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was told, oh, just switch over to the other setup. And I was like, oh, you act like I know how to do that. <laughs> Thank you. But I did it. I think about my dad on that tape. I'm pretty sure, like, if my dad wasn't my dad, I wouldn't be friends with him. Like, if he was a contemporary of mine, like, any guy would be like, testing, testing, one, two, what I am attempting testing, to do. Testing, One, two. Now, we are now testing this out for proper modulation. As you will know, when you record, the proper modulation that is required is for the electric eye, which is a green type of tube, will open and close as we record. Now I will play this back to hear the quality whether, and whether this is operating. Thank you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, you know, if I was his age at the time that he was doing that and I was just another dude in broadcasting, I'd be like, hey, I don't know about that guy. You know, I'd be like, yeah, I hear some sort of hum. Is that coming from you? I guess it's still, I, it's it's lower than it was. Let me see something. Turn off your mic for a sec. Hmm. No. Maybe it's from something else. I don't know. Who cares? Nobody can hear it anyway. It's a little annoying, but I'll get past it. Hey, everybody. What's happening? Yeah, that is annoying. <laughs> Good Lord. Say what? Well, you should have heard it before. It was a lot louder. Oh, uh, yeah? I don't know what's going on. Well, what happens is every time I talk it, goes away and then if i take a breath and i hear the i don't know okay let's end the show now fuck it all right
Well, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Now it sounds good. Did you stop? Can you hear me? Yeah. No, I didn't do anything. It's when you talk. Just don't talk and everything will be fine. There you go. I'll go home. <laughs> yeah, you're I'm home. At home. <laughs> yeah. You need to go somewhere else. <laughs> eh, it's all right. It's all right. We, I got to just like not even pay attention to it. Power somehow. through. Power through. Fuck, I need coffee, man. I miss that coffee so much. I just miss it. Oh. I know I hadn't been drinking coffee that long, like for a year or two, but uh, man, now that I'm an old fart, that jolt of caffeine just got me going in the morning. Good Lord. It was so nice. Like all of a sudden I'd be cranked up and ready to broadcast and all fired up. Like literally fired up, like shot out of a rocket. Yeah, you used to gulp the coffee down. You'd really get like a full blast of caffeine. <laughs> yeah, black coffee, no fucking milk, no bullshit sugar. Just like the coffee beans heated up or whatever it is. And man, was I shot out of a rocket with that Dunkin' Donuts. That stuff is just beautiful. And I got the big cup. I got the giant cup. You should have seen this cup I had. I had a cup that was bigger than the studio. I had I could swim in it. It was like the size of a swimming pool. I was like, I only have one cup a day. I realized that was like seven cups of coffee, right, in one of those things. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was huge. Yeah. That was super size. Like a six-pack of coffee. Yeah, I loved it. And, man, i get on the air and be like, I'm like a young man. It's like, you know, let me broadcast. Open up those mics. Nitro boot. But uh, the doctor told me, I maybe I could drink coffee, maybe I can't. I didn't want to risk it. I don't want to go into the whole situation, but it was a mind fuck. So I just said, I'm not drinking any coffee. Mm. But uh, no alcohol, no coffee, no chocolate. Chocolate has caffeine. Did you know that? Yes, I do know that. You know that? Look at you over there. Nothing. I can't surprise you anymore with anything. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, I knew that. Tell me what you don't know, and I'll let you know. Well, how would I know it if I don't know? <laughs> They'll think about it. Uh, by the way, I mean, you know, now that you're talking about this, did you see that David Lee Roth has decided to retire? Yeah, I got it right here in my notes. I want to talk about it. I'm upset about it. I don't know why I'm upset. You know, I re if, if David Lee Roth uh, spoke to a reporter, but the reporter recorded it, so I got some of the message I could play for ah, you, you know. Okay. And David Lee Roth, you know, let's face it, David Lee Roth is one of the greatest front men ever lived. You know, uh, I love the Sammy Hagar Van Halen, and I love the David Lee Roth Van Halen. I love them both. If I was going to compare the two gentlemen, which everybody always wants to, uh, David Lee Roth was the ultimate showman. You know, Sammy Hagar, to me, was a little more relatable because he's a musician. And, uh, I mean, not that David isn't a musician, but... Really, Sammy's a, an accomplished guitar player and songwriter in his own right. So, uh, but both men, just really great. Uh, David Lee Roth is from the school of like, you know, just like a flashy showman, puts on a big show. And as a young man, I, I love David Lee Roth, but I couldn't relate to him that much as a performer because he was so handsome. With that long blonde mane and the physique, he had a really good physique. He's an athlete. And when I'd see him, 
I never saw the Van Halen with David Lee Roth live on stage, but I would see David Lee Roth on TV and stuff. When I'd see him, he seemed uh, unrelatable to me. I loved watching him, but I was like, I could never be him. Like when you'd see Sammy on stage, you'd go, you know, I could be that dude. He doesn't look like, uh, it seems reasonable that I could be Sammy Hagar. I know I can't be David Lee Roth with the long hair. And I I told you that story a million times. When I was a disc jockey in uh, Detroit, I was the new morning man on W4. WWWW, shittiest call letters (laughs) ever. Nobody in Detroit knew this station existed. Four rock stations, nobody listened to this thing. They had zero listeners. When I got there, there were zero listeners. When I left there, there were zero listeners. It was a fucking hellhole. Worst rock station ever, I guess. I didn't think so, but when you compared it to the other three in town, it was shitty. Oh. For some reason. You could hear the difference. You could hear the difference. Everybody was good. Their morning shows were better. Everything was better. They brought me in as a last-ditch effort to save the station, but I was in no condition to save that station. You know, I just didn't have my shit together. But it was an attempt. But anyway, uh, I met the... I told you I stayed on the same floor with Van Halen when they were in their prime. I'm talking about Pretty Woman Van Halen. You know, when they when they yeah. first put out Ice Cream Man, uh, Pretty Woman, you know, the, the, the original Van Halen. And these motherfuckers, girls were lined up. They visited the station. I remember we, we broadcast from an old house right on Michigan Avenue and this... These girls pulled up. They were all dressed in black silk stockings with the line going up the back of the stockings because David Lee Roth would say in the song, I like when you wear those stockings with the line the going theme, up the back. The, yeah. the seam. Going up your leg. Yeah. I, I like the seam on the leg. <laughs> and uh, he liked that. So they all dressed that way. And they were all out there. David, David, take me, fuck me, do it. I was like, mother. Fucker, what is going on? I, I'm pulling into this new radio station, and there are just girls lined up screaming for David Lee Roth and Eddie. And the night before, because they were doing a show, big, uh, you know, tour, and they were on the same floor with me, and these girls were all up on the hotel floor screaming and banging on the doors, banging on my door, thinking I had something to do with <laughs> Van Halen. I'd open up the door, and they go, oh, is David here? And I'd be like, no. I go, I'm I'm the morning man at W4. They go, oh, what's that? I go, it's one of your radio stations. Christ, how do you not know? I knew there was trouble. And, no, and these girls never even heard of it. Fucking rock station, they never heard of it. So, I don't know. But you should have seen what was going on in these hotel rooms. David Lee Roth, he's got his door open. He's running around in a towel. His shirt's off. He just came out of the shower. Big blonde mane of hair. Guy looked like a god. I remember. I remember it. It was such a strong image. That hotel floor and not getting any sleep and being the new morning man. Oh, my God. There was so much pressure. And these fuckers looked like they were having the best time of their lives. Van Halen. I got to admit, I was very jealous <laughs> what I saw that day. But it seemed unreal. Like, they seemed, they seemed unattainable. Like, if I was a kid growing up and I saw Sammy, I'd go, maybe I could do what Sammy's doing. I couldn't do what David was doing. David was out there, man. And then you'd hear him talk, and he's like, out there. But it worked. You know, he sounded like Spicoli from a surfer movie from Fast Right. Time. You never knew what he was saying. Does it make yeah. sense or does it not make sense? It yeah. wasn't, you were never sure. Well, for me, it was like, well, the guy's a rich rock star. It must make sense. 
I just don't know what he's talking about. I'm just stupid. Yeah, obviously I can't understand it. He's talking rich. So like Robin said, David Lee Roth gave this interview where he basically said he was retiring. I kind of, I know he was doing, he's, I don't know if he's pulling like a who kind of situation where the who always retires and then two weeks later they're working again. But this time around, uh, he says, uh, yeah, I'm doing five shows in Vegas. I don't think the shows are even sold out. I, I don't know if he's. Just, oh, was oh, that oh. the announcement that there were going to be shows or were they trying? You think they I, were already on sale? I think they were on sale and nothing was happening. You know, he's taking a couple of hits, man. I felt bad for the dude. Like um, I read somewhere where David Lee Roth was opening for Kiss and then Gene Simmons, a fucking guy in clown costume, a guy with clown makeup, fired him from the tour and said he didn't sing good enough for a Kiss tour. I'm like, are you fucking kidding Ugh. me? You're going to humiliate the guy like that and make a public announcement? I don't know what that is. I don't know David real well anymore. I used to know him, but he's pissed at me for some goddamn reason that I haven't figured out. Super pissed at me. I did something horrible to him. He took over my radio show. I wished him well. I don't know. Did I do something to the guy? I don't think so. I don't know what I did, but he's got it in for me. Wow. Hates me. Yeah. Well, I don't have it in weird. for him. I'm I'm a David Lee Roth fan. I, I wished yeah. him well. I said, dude, I hope you do okay. If you need any advice, call me. And he was like, he was kind of cocky. He was like, I don't need your advice. And he was pissed at me for some reason. The morning show didn't work out. It failed. And, and it makes sense that it failed. He's not a morning show guy. He's a fucking rock god. You know? Oh. But that's okay. I, I didn't wish him any harm. But he's got some bug up his ass about me. I don't know what it is, but you know what? He wouldn't be the only one. Well, many you know, people, if he's never going to tell you, how are you ever going to resolve it, you know? It's okay. If he doesn't want to... I, I tried. I invited him on the show a couple of times. He gave me some bullshit. But he said uh, I did him wrong. <laughs> Somehow. I, I hung with him one night out here in the Hamptons. Yeah, He was out here uh, visiting uh, Jason Bin, that guy who ran uh, Hamptons Magazine at the time. And I was, I don't know how I ran into him. I ran into him maybe at a restaurant or I don't know. I don't even remember the circumstances, but I spent some time with the guy and we had a nice night. I, I thought we did. I was going to say that went all right. You didn't do anything I, that night? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> he was a very sweet man. What you want, J.D.? Uh, I don't think this is a who type situation. <laughs> I think something's going on health wise. Uh, yeah. In the audio, I was able to find someone was able to find, uh, he recorded his side of the conversation. So it's much clearer to hear him. And, uh, yeah, what, what he says, it does not sound great. <laughs> oh. So, well, first of all, a whole bunch of dudes like Gene Simmons, Again, I, I, I don't remember. Didn't Gene Simmons say I kicked him off the tour because he's not singing good enough? And I'm like, you know, okay, if Pavarotti says that about you, okay, but this is a fucking guy in clown makeup. And does he really sing, you. Gene? <laughs> I think Gene sings a couple of those Kiss tunes. I'm not a big Kiss fan. I'm not a really, fan at all, so I don't yeah. know what they do. I think Gene does sing a song or two. I know he sing. I see him, you know. Salad. Mouthing. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I see him. No, I see him like doing stuff on stage whenever I've seen a clip of Kiss, but I'm, I never got into Kiss. I always thought it was a bit of a goof. It's just Howard, very he hard for me. He sings, right? Yeah, he sings quite a few songs. 
Oh, yeah. he does? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he sings at least five or six songs per show. Yeah, I know. And he sings one of their big hits, right, uh, Gene? God of Thunder is right. a, a big hit. Um, right. And Rock and Roll All Night. Yeah, which was a that's huge him, right? Hit. Yeah, he, he closed the roll. show with it. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, gonna rock and roll all night and then every day. Yeah, I've never even that. cared enough to look to see who's singing. Yeah, I'm kind of there with you, but, uh, you know, he, for some reason, maybe David said something to him, but, uh, he was giving him some shit. He was like, Hey, I, you can't tour with us. You don't sing good enough. Maybe if you put in some clown makeup, we'll, uh, let you, we'll let you back. But, uh, Gene compared David Lee Roth to a bloated naked Elvis on the bathroom floor. And then he later oh. apologized on Twitter. And I was like, man, that's kind of mean. You know, he's David Lee Roth. He gave us a lot of good years of entertainment. I got no, I got no beef with David. I, I fucking love the guy. I love his music. But anyway, so when he announced he retired and I was just reading it, I even printed it out, but I got the tape too. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know there was tape. But he was talking to this reporter, and he basically said, um, eh, this is from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, okay? It says like this, I'm, th- I'm throwing in the shoes. Isn't it I'm throwing in the towel? The towel. I don't know. Hmm. I've never heard throwing in <laughs> That's the what shoes. I mean. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> I'm throwing in the shoes. I'm retiring, Roth told the newspaper. This is the first and only official announcement. You've got the news. Share it with the world. So, you know, at first I said, well, maybe it's like the who. You know, you announce your retirement, you sell some tickets, and then maybe you get some more. But it's a shitty way to do it. Listen, I, I'm going to be up, very upfront with you. Van Halen died with Eddie Van Halen. Van Halen was always Eddie Van Halen. You don't have Eddie Van Halen. You don't have Van Halen. Um. He's the he's the star. He's the he's the backbone of that band. Anyway, so David says I'm throwing in the shoes. I would have said I'm throwing in the toaster, but <laughs> that's my thing. I Roth told the newspaper, share it with the world. A flamboyant frontman known as Diamond Dave, blah 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 blah, dance the night away, jump. Roth's announcement came just shy of a year after Eddie Van Halen, the band's lead guitarist, died. Quote, I am encouraged and compelled to really come to grips with how short time is, and my time is probably even shorter, he said. Uh-oh. See, that's what Yeah, I was down. looking to see if that was a hint, and he says a little more as he goes along. Oh, man, that's so sad. That made my heart sink. Because yeah. I, thought, I thought David Lee Roth was younger than me. Is he the same? I think he might be the same age. Might I be thought he was younger. A tick or two younger, but yeah, not much. But not much. And that made me sad. I always considered those guys way younger than me. Now they're all dropping like flies, and I'm around the same age. I'm telling you, man, it is freaky when you get up here in this uh, air. In this stratosphere, yes. Yeah, you're talking about, you know, not being here anymore. Oh, David Lee Roth will be 67 years old this month, I told you. Oh. Yeah. I am in, uh, see what else he said. Roth has five shows scheduled at the House of Blues in Las Vegas. I guess, I don't know how many seats that is, but he should be able to sell that out. Maybe, maybe he couldn't. Which really depresses me. Well, he did say I'll, something about Eddie in the rear view mirror or 
something and that his doctor said every time he goes on stage, he's shortening his life. Do you see that? Yeah. Yeah. I've given you all I've got to give. It's been an amazing, great run. No regrets. Nothing to say about anybody. That's directed at Sammy. I'll miss you all. Stay frosty. That's cool. That's very Spicoli. Stay frosty. I like that. I'm going to start. You don't have that part about the. I might. that, That it was. Like that, you know, going on stage is risking his life practically. Mm. Like it's cutting his time short. You want to hear a little of this? This is this is like the recording of. Yeah, it sounds like a suicide note, doesn't it? It sounds terrible. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. This, this is a clear version. Up here. Oh, you got a clear version? Where's that? It's right there. It's right there. It's in okay. the clip. I'm running up here today with the departure of my beloved classmate recently, Ed. Al and I have been talking. And by the way, I mean, what the fuck is the real story there anyway? Every, you know, it's like whenever someone dies, everyone becomes super friendly and, you know, how great their relationship was. But, you know, David and Eddie didn't talk forever, right? I mean. Yeah, but you know how it is. Uh, once somebody dies, you realize all that other crap was bull, you know, like mm, you shouldn't have even nonsense. made it such a big deal. Right. I'm running up here today with the departure of my beloved classmate recently, Ed. Al and I have been talking. I can't speak for him just yet. I just spoke to him. He knows everything I'm about to tell you. I am encouraged and compelled to really come to grips with how short and probably my time is even shorter. I thought I might go first, frankly. I might have thought the Marlboro man might have got me. Hey, Ed. Objects in the rearview mirror are probably me and my doctors, mm. my handlers compel me to uh, really address that every time I go on that stage, I endanger that future. And uh, I'm throwing in the shoes. I'm retiring. And this is the first and only official announcement. Al, my handlers, you got the news. You share it with the world. I'm not going to explain a statement. The explanation is in the statement. These are my last five shows. I got a band that's doing what Al and I used to call a block. That means 75 rehearsals for one show. The warm-up for one summer assault is the same for 10. So we're going to bring it in classic VH style. Alex and I are the only version. That was his message. There is no other variation. There is no torch being passed. There is no Mm. other side of this heads-up tail coin. This is the classic in-your-face Van Halen, and we're going to be playing to you for the rest of your time and your great-grandchildren's. I gave you all I had to give. It's been an amazing, great run. No regrets. Nothing to say about anybody. I miss y'all. Stay frosty. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. Sounds like some health issues. Sounds like what well, he seems very hell bent. Is he doing these shows with Alex Van Halen or he seems to That's mention him a lot? That's what it sounds like. Oh. Well, on the bright side, I think Gary Sharon is still working. So there you go. Thank goodness. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that, but it sounds, it just could kind of leveled me. I was like, oh man. The guy from Van Halen is going to throw in the shoes. <laughs> so, I don't know. I get depressed. I, I was really kind of sad, by, saddened by that. I, it's, well, it was shocking to me. I was yeah. like, I wouldn't have seen that coming. 
Yeah. I think he's just also sick of taking so much shit. You know, when, you know, Gene Simmons telling us to going on public saying, hey, he's not singing well enough. You know, that's kind of a low blow. Well, yeah, that that's unnecessary and uh, shouldn't even have even happened. Gene Simmons apology. Here it is. You ready? There was a segue to Elvis bloated on the ground, fat and naked. I wasn't talking about David, but that doesn't matter. What matters is I hurt David's feelings, and that's more important than the intent, so I sincerely apologize for that. I didn't mean to hurt his feelings. It reminds me of the guy that gets out of a truck and says, Hey, I'm sorry, buddy. I didn't mean to run you over. Well, that's, what's the fuck's, what, well, what the fuck's the difference? You've been run over. Okay. Yeah. He kind of ran over him with that. You know, maybe the guy's having some vocal trouble. I don't know. Gene's living a good life. What's he got to fuck with Dave for? Yeah, have that conversation in private if if you need to have it. Yeah, just say, hey, look, you know, tour's not working out. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. But uh, David Lee Roth, one of the one of the greats. I don't know his health's bad. I don't I don't know anything about it. But he certainly seems to be implying that. Although maybe he's just like you know what. I'm doing. I'm sitting here with the actuarial table. I don't know how many more years I have. Like Bruce Springsteen and John Cougar got together and they wrote a song. Just uh, they just released it the other day. I was listening to it. You talk about depressing. It's basically how many summers do I have left? Is the song? Oof. You know that whole discussion. <laughs> Whenever you talk to old guys, they're like, you know, I don't know how many more good summers I have. You do the math. You go, hey, uh, let's say I live another ten years, and then you know, eighty. How, how, how good? Even if I live past how eighty, how many of those I, are good? Yeah, yeah. I mean, can't be a good well, summer going to the Ronnie doctor. Was saying when he said he had to leave and go to Vegas. Yeah, I get it. I, I didn't bust his balls. I mean, I think he's crazy to go to Vegas if you're going to retire. I would <laughs> go to fry. I mean, hell, hell is a, about two degrees cooler than Vegas, but <laughs> that's his choice. But I'm happy for him. It's called Wasted Days. John Mellencamp and Bruce Springsteen. It's kind of depressing. But it's essentially, I'm probably going to die soon, so I'm trying to figure out what I need to do. Let me say goodbye while I still can. Yeah. You can play this when I'm gone. Mm -hmm. How many summers still remain? How many summers How many days are lost in vain? You know what's funny? I was reading an interview with somebody, and it was a lead singer, and he said, yeah, somebody advised me years ago, when you sing, don't enunciate every word. Kind of garble a bunch of your words. Right. Most of these guys do that. You don't know what the fuck they're talking about. It does make the song better. Especially if the lyrics aren't good. Yeah, especially if the lyrics are yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy, or everybody's kung fu fighting. Right out, yeah, yeah. Did he just say kung fu fighting? How many summers still remain? How many days are lost in vain? Jesus. Now, these last remaining years. Who's who's counting out these last dramatic years? How many minutes do we have here? Oof! Oh, that hit me. How many minutes do we have Wasted days. Wasted days. Wasted, Wasted days. days. <laughs> nice. We watch our lives just fade away to more wasted days. 
whoa, you two <laughs> just got together and depressed each other. <laughs> song so good. This song's so good, it makes you want to kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, so I got I got sad with the David Lee Roth. Yeah. A, I'm sad because David's got beef with me. I don't even know why, but it's kind of cool, though, that even thinks enough about me to hate me. I think that's kind of... Uh, yeah, like you could actually affect David Lee Roth as rock god, you know. Like, yeah. Maybe that means something. And it's always weird with me because people are always afraid to tell me why I'm their enemy. They they never really tell. Some guys do, but not all of them. He never, he never really explained it to me. I know when I left the radio, they gave him the job on some of the stations, but I had nothing to do with that, his success or failure. But maybe he, maybe in some weird way, blames me. Like I sabotaged I him or something. Some, I don't know. You know, fans say something that really got to, I don't know. That's probably it. There you go. You know, these people on the fucking internet, they, they can, they can, they can start a fight in two seconds. Yeah. Um, they can do that. They they probably were uh, giving him the DM and going, hey, Stern's a piece of shit. You know, Stern's a fuck. He said this about you. Or whatever. Yeah, because I'm thinking, like, maybe this is something somebody else made up. I mean, a couple of times I did once in a while reference his show because the, the ratings weren't good. And I had gotten word from some of my radio buddies that David decided to redecorate the studio and bring in palm trees, thinking that would make him more relaxed. And I kind of goofed around about that. But come on. I remember I mean, that, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like, palm trees? I said, I don't have a fucking palm tree in my... I'm sitting here in my basement. You don't need palm trees to make a good radio show. You got to just... You got to live in your head. Maybe that was it. I don't know. Mm. Shit, man. I was so busy this weekend. It was my anniversary. How many years do you think I'm married? You were at my wedding. How many years do you think I'm married? I know. Let's, you were sitting wait there a minute. Like, Give me a second. You didn't you were sitting prepare there me crying the whole time, wishing you could be married to me. This was, it was in October. That's right. Yeah. You didn't even wish me a happy anniversary. Oh, my goodness. How did I miss it? Uh -huh. I think that you've been married for... Go ahead. 12 years. Pretty good. 13. 13. Oh, Pretty close. Off by one. Look at you. But I've been together with Beth for 21 years. Well, I could have told you that. <laughs> I know you knew that. That's why I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> so we had the anniversary. Did you nice. plan something? No, we didn't. You know, no. We just did our usual stuff. We went, you know, we had bang o'clock the night before. She's because you want to do it the night before or you want to do it on the anniversary? Which do you want? <laughs> you don't get both. I said, no you know what? <laughs> What's that uh, horrible expression? Bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I said, there let's go, go now. Let's go upstairs now. It was, it was October. My anniversary is October 3rd, but October 2nd, I was like bang o'clock. Let's go right in that bed. Because I knew October 3rd could come, which is my anniversary. And, uh, you know. The day can get busy, and the next thing Things you know, you're not having it. Things can go wrong. Things can go yeah. off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> right. You got it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, got up, did a little painting, 
Beth wants me to finish this painting. She wants it to be our Christmas card this year, the painting I'm working on. But I'm not going to have it done in time. I don't have enough time to paint. Uh-huh. I, I was well, going to say, do- are you painting? I, that came to me this weekend because you've been talking about doing so many other things. I was like, where's the painting? I've been painting, but uh, this painting is so big and so involved, and I want it to be good. So I'm taking my time with it. And, you know, I got a bunch of people. No, but mo- most people my age are retired, and they paint all day and night. It's their whole life because, you know, a lot of these people I know who paint were big shots in, uh, you know, they were either lawyers or doctors, and then they take up painting as a hobby in their old age. Mm-hmm. And these fuckers are painting day and night. <laughs> and they're, they're all getting better than me because uh, I don't have the time to put ahead it. of you. <laughs> yeah. And you know how competitive I am. <laughs> I want to be the best. And all these people I know are getting better than me because why? I don't, I got a real job. They, 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 they booked out. They retired. Their job now is painting. Their job is full-time painting. People, big, big shots who were like, you know, the, the top of their profession, humble themselves and become lowly painters. But they got beautiful studios. They got money, these people, and they sit all day and they paint. Me, I get, I get maybe two or three days to paint. That's it. If, and just a couple hours, cause I gotta do, you know, I gotta do stuff for the show and life uh-huh. gets in the way and all that other stuff. Got the kids, everything. So I'm not painting that much. And so whenever I get a chance, so best finish that painting. So I, I said, or you sit with me and make sure I paint. But she has to <laughs> sit there in my office and watch me paint. <laughs> I told her on the anniversary, I said, I need you. I literally would be lost without you. And I went literally and figuratively, like we went for a walk the other day. I got completely lost. She goes, let me see if we can get home. She goes, you, every turn you make is wrong. This is the same walk we take every day. I couldn't get home again. She tested me and I failed. And she goes, what would you do without me? I go, I don't know. At this point it's crazy. I can't do anything without you. Completely dependent on her. So, you know, I'm all in on that marriage. You you do that. You get dependent. Mm-hmm. You don't even Quickly. care about it. Like some people be, you know, I don't want to be that dependent. Not you. I, <laughs> I do care about it. That's what you don't know about me. That's the one thing you don't know about me. I'm upset with myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't like this. I got to be a man at some point. Well, a child. when is that going to happen? You know, you only got minutes left, according to that Springsteen Cougar song or Mellencamp song. Psychiatrist uh, says that's the goal. Get me independent. But, I'm, 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 you know, he's getting old and I'm getting old. He's, he's You'll older have than one me. full day of independence. Is that yeah, I go ever? like, you know, I go with all the money I spent. When is it going to happen already? <laughs> <laughs> How many days, Doc? Yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to be normal. I mean, I'm just trying to get so I can live. Like, I don't know what normal is. I, mm-hmm. you know, I watch TV. I go, geez, <laughs> I don't think anybody's normal. Well, that's what I was going to say. We spent all yesterday. We get the, cause I'm famous. We get the, uh, advance on bachelor in paradise season finale. Jesus uh-huh. Christ. Is that a great show? My God. But that's what I was thinking when you said you didn't plan anything. Look at how those guys got crap together to invite those girls to the prom and make it special. You didn't do anything. 
No, no, I do. I make her a card, first of all. Second of oh. all, I, uh, I told you I banged her. Also, <laughs> I got a nice gift for her that she loves. It's personal. I'm not going to bring it up, but it's, th- it's the same gift that she always loves. I give it to her. Are you kidding? And then, uh, and then she goes, oh, our anniversary would be complete if you get Bachelor in Paradise. So I was ah. sweating bullets. It was Sunday. I didn't have it yet. It came in Sunday uh, afternoon. I go, honey. I got Bachelor in Paradise. Boom. Right downstairs we go. She goes, you, you, you watch Bachelor another... in Paradise on a big screen? Yeah. I got the big screen. Got it all set up. Sure. It's a three-hour finale Ooh. situation. And we went downstairs and we started watching that Bachelor in Paradise. We had to break it up into two segments. We did an hour and a half. Then Beth had to feed the cats, get ready for dinner. And then right after dinner, we boom, we didn't even sit with our cats. We ran right downstairs and finished Bachelor in Paradise. I've seen the whole thing. It's very good. Yeah, three hours, you do need an intermission. Mm-hmm. It was a hell of a, you know what? And it was a great day. I loved it. Yeah. And um, it was very romantic. But uh, it's fucking Well, I'm crazy. glad you did do something, you know, made it really special. Yeah, it was nice. You know, after uh, 21 years together, I love still being with that woman. So, I mean, that's got to be love. That's real love. When you just can't, you know, you just still get the butterflies when she walks in the room. I wish that well, for everyone. But that's why you should do something special. Like, you're inspired to do something special. Yeah. Listen, she didn't even remember it was our uh, anniversary. I had to tell her. <laughs> it's usually the other way around guys sit there like schlubs and then the, the, the wife walks in and has the card and happy yeah, anniversary the wife honey is dropping hints for a month yeah yeah no i was like honey you know what tomorrow is what i go it's our anniversary she goes oh i didn't even get you a card and i was like oh fuck <laughs> boy oh boy she's like the dude in the relationship but uh I still get the butterflies. She gets nauseous, I get the butterflies. You know what's <laughs> fucking me up, though, with the, is this fucking ring. Don't get this ring. That ring is still getting between you? This ring, it's about 600 bucks. Jimmy Kimmel bought it for my wife. It's an electronic ring, Bluetooth. And what does it do? Kimball Kimball. It measures how you sleep, and it measures how much exercise you're doing. And it emails you if you're sitting on your fat ass too long. And I refuse to wear it. He bought me one. I refuse to wear it. I don't want an email because I know I sit on my ass too long. Listen to this. By the time we went on our, we went on our walk at 8 a.m. By the time 8 a.m. came about, Beth goes, I've already walked 1.8 miles just in the house. Up and down with the cats and doing all the shit she does. And she vacuums everything. I said, you know, I got to start vacuuming. One point, she did eight, one point, listen to what I'm saying to you, 1.8 miles. And this ring is driving me nuts because the second she sits down, the, like 10 minutes later, the ring goes, don't you think it's time you moved around a little bit? And I said, can you imagine if I put that ring on? That ring is going to be hounding me. You're going to take gonna that get... ring and throw it across the room. You're going to lose uh, it. <laughs> yeah. So when we went on our walk, by the time we got back, she had already done like 5.3 miles. Wow. Yeah. And it goes, you've reached your fitness goal. It's 
It was 10 o'clock in the morning. She reached her fitness goal. The whole rest of the day, she, she didn't have to do anything. So what did she do? She got on the rowing machine, the Hydra. Because now she's watched. She goes, we lay down in bed. She goes, I'm exhausted. She goes, you know, I did 8.1 miles today. Wow. She was never like this. She didn't measure all this bullshit before. Now she and goes, she's can you believe she's in great it? shape. It's not like she needed to be in great shape. And so now when she sees she's at six miles, she panics. I know what's going on. I go, this is ruining our lives. You're, 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 now you think every day you should walk 8.1 miles. Well, even if she wa- walks the, you know, has done five miles by 8 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock in the morning, the thing is going to say, hey, don't you think you should move around right. every hour or two the rest of the day? I put the ring on for 10 minutes. It called me fatso. <laughs> And I know I'm out of shape. Years ago, I was in shape. Is what it said. <laughs> yeah, I know. Listen, I got to tell you the truth. I like to paint. I like to do. Uh, you know, I like to watch chess videos. I can't figure out if I'm disturbed about this or not. I wonder what you would think. I'm watching. You know, I go online and watch people playing chess. I love it because I love the game. Uh-huh. This is thing going on in the internet where these really hot white chicks. With the big titties, they show up in a park where a lot of old black dudes play chess. You know, they're like street hustlers. They do chess and they all that. They do the speed chess, right? Right. So these white girls show up in little mini skirts with the belly top, you know, where you can see the belly and they just see the titty bra, whatever it is. And titties. they got big titties and they're hot. Titties. I mean, they look hot, these girls. They're young girls, you know. Yeah. And they sit down and they pretend that they don't know anything about chess. And the idea is that they're going to play. And the whole time they're playing the old black guys, they're like, oh, I, how do you move the rook again? What do you do? So, oh, a friend of mine showed me an opening. You're supposed to move the pieces. And the, and, and the old black guy, you know, he's just trying to hustle a few bucks for himself. And he's like, oh, oh and he's a sweet guy. He's like, you know, oh, okay, what you do is, this is called castling. And, you know, he's teaching her the game. But she's right. scamming him because she's actually like an international master. She's at master right. level she's chess player. she's hustling him. Yeah. Little white girl, you know, ha, ha, ha to the old black dude. Meanwhile, a little white girl probably went to fucking Princeton, took chess lessons. Uh, you know what I'm saying? She probably studied with a, a chess tutor, all this shit. And then, of course, by the end of the game, she's checkmated the guy. And he's like, oh, fuck. You know, hey, and she goes, well, I have to be honest with you. I'm, this is actually not my first time. And the guy's like, yeah, no shit, <laughs> douchebag. So I, I don't know. It seems like kind of racist to me in a real weird way. But I don't know exactly. It's like it bothers me. Or maybe well, it's like a uh, class. If he's sitting out there hustling people, he should get hustled. I mean, in a way, though, it's kind of like um, these girls are trying to be Superman. In other words, they have their Superman Yeah, moment. but I'm not going to do all of that victimization stuff. If you're no. sitting there asking people to play chess, you're, you're capable of having that happen to you. But I'm talking about what are the white girls up to? What are they trying to say? Ha, they're ha, assholes, ha. too. I'm right. not saying they're not assholes. They're all assholes. Thank you. Everybody's an <laughs> That's asshole. That's why I said nobody's normal. Well, the old black guy ain't doing anything wrong. He's just out there playing chess against people for money. If he's hustling, he's playing for money, right? And he expects some guy to come and sit there 
who doesn't know what he's doing, and he's going to take advantage of it. Yeah, but what's the white girl's agenda is what I'm saying. She's taking advantage of a guy who takes advantage of people. He's not taking, he, you know he's a hustler. He's sitting there hustling. He know he's not. Well, again, if men want to continually be sucked in by boobs, this is what's going to happen to him. Wow, you're being a little rough. I'm just being honest. You have set up the world and you, you know, think women are these little precious things. You don't think you need to protect yourself. And every set of boobs gets you all hot and bothered and you forget to think this is what happens to you. I don't like it. It happens I don't in like... worst ways. There are very wealthy men who see a set of boobs and lose all their money. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I watched the videos. I like I like when the girl reveals that uh, she's a chess expert. And that's what they're probably doing. They're doing content for their Meh. web pages or something. I don't like it. It's at the expense of other people. Everything's at the expense of other people. Oh, well, in that case, I guess it's okay. <laughs> No, I'm just saying we ought to either be good to each other or this stuff continues to happen. I'll tell you what's most outrageous. I told you, I'm not on, uh, I mean, I have a Twitter account and all that, but I have all the uh, comments. I never have read a comment because I know I get way too affected by people calling me shit and telling me I suck now and I'm, you know, I used to be good. Or I, I just don't like reading all the negativity. It fucks my it fucks with my head, so I... I got the Twitter, but I'm not on it. I don't actively work it. And on Instagram, I've got a small account where I let 27 people on who are all painters. And don't bother friending me on there because I'm not going to accept it. I because I don't want the comments about my paintings and shit. And I don't want, I don't want any of it. I like being in my own universe. It's hard enough. I'm a fucked up guy. I have a hard time holding on to my own opinion. You people have too much effect on me. I'm being honest. So what? Beth, of course, yeah, Beth, of course, has Instagram where she all she's trying to do on there is get cats adopted. Get them good homes. It's the sweetest account. If you want sweet, there it is. Go to her account. Beth O'Stern. But uh, people people comment on her thing and she and then she comes running upstairs to me. She goes, you're not going to believe what this guy wrote. I go, honey. I'm going to stop you right there. I don't want to know. I'm, no, you got to hear. This guy's an asshole. This guy's a douchebag. I go, okay. Now she sucked me in. What do you write? So, um, Beth, Beth's, you know, post was, what could be better than Etta Jane? Etta Jane of these, this mommy cat who has two little kitten babies or three babies. I don't know how many babies she's got, but Etta Jane, you know, she's trying to get Etta Jane's uh, out there, let people get to know her and someone take her in. Sweet cat. And people, most people are nice. They're like, oh, wow, what a great picture. Oh, man, the, the, she looks like the male version of my cat. Same pink nose, green eyes, all very sweet. Then you get to this guy. His name is HRH underscore Chris underscore Joseph. That's his name. He goes, um, so Beth says, what could be better than that? And he goes, the fact that we all know you're banging other dudes and Hampton's how we can't figure it out. <laughs> wow. She goes, <laughs> so I go, what the fuck? And then we go to the guy's account 
And the guy's like talking about God and he loves his dog and he, I think he's got kids. I'm like, what kind of fuckhead sits at home with kids and writes, hey, you're banging other dudes with Hampton's Howie. And Hampton's Howie's supposed to be like fucking with me because I live in the Hamptons and that means I got some dough and therefore I'm a piece of shit. You know, that's supposed to indicate that. And the don't deserve does. fidelity. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I, yeah. In other words, she's just with me for my money. It couldn't possibly be anything redeemable or redeeming or sexy about me to a woman. Like I'm a complete fucking asshole. And she's got to be banging other dudes. What a thing to write, you know. Yeah, but that's you're banging. Why I said. Now, everybody, you know, like people don't know that about him, probably in his day to day life. And they think mm. he's a great guy or whatever his little circle is. But that's what's really seething under the the skin. Yeah, he's a he's a fuckhead. In a way, it's kind of cool that a guy would even be jealous of me because I've spent, you know, a good portion of my life being invisible to most men and women because my upbringing was so fucked up, you know, didn't come from any money, didn't come from, you know, grew up in a shithole. And, you know, it's weird to have a guy calling me Hamptons Howie thinking I've got it all made, you know, but right. okay. Mr. Silver least, Spoon now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like everything was just handed to me in life, like Prince Charles or some shit. <laughs> right. Yeah, like I'm, I'm a regular Prince fucking Charles over here. Yeah, Trust yeah. When me, I, grew I up knew in, it when he didn't have anything. Yeah, it, I grew up in a palace. <laughs> oh, my God. My early days in radio were very bleak. <laughs> Robin saw me driving the Valiant. It wasn't a good look. <laughs> but uh, the used Valiant. I felt like we were the Beverly Hillbillies coming into town. Yeah, it was pretty sad. Big radio stars. Anyway, so HRH Chris Joseph writes that Beth's banging all the other dudes.